0: Yo, 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 can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna need you, I'm gonna need you to run the ship, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I'm sick to my stomach, I'm the wrong person to be asking to run this, (laughs) I was happy with the draw, son. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm sick, that freaking move DJ's job is saved because of that stupid-ass goal at the end. Yo, anyone? Anybody want to get on? Danny, Gabby, anybody want to get on and talk? Cause I'm sick. There you go. We got a few requests. I'll add you guys on. What you Yeah, what's up, Danny? Carlos, I I was listening to hey, was, Carlos is on right up, now. What's up, Broadcast in English. And yo, they were going crazy in the final <laughs> ten
2: minutes of the game.
3: I um, <laughs> you you ever get like angry, happy? Like I don't know. Like I'm happy that we got a victory, but. At what cost you know it's like they made us retake a penalty that didn't exist. I feel like it was a makeup call from the penalty call earlier for Nagaxa, so I mean when Saldívar missed, I knew, I was like that's it, you know that just basically summarizes our season. It's like even with everything, we can't even get the job done, but uh they made him retake it, and it just it just feels like a cheap win. I'm not very happy, and uh I don't think Vucetich was jobs was on the line to be honest. I actually don't expect him to get fired this season, but that's just me.
0: Nah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you that it was a cheap win, but um, as far as his job being on the line, I could see it because this would have been the perfect time. I believe Carlos spoke about this on the broadcast that I guess with the with the international break that they have, that it would be like a perfect opportunity if there was ever going to be a, a change of coach, it would have been now. Um, but yeah, I was I was so upset with the victory, man. <laughs> I, as much as as much as i root for Chivas i really want to teach gone so i'm kind of torn between the between happy and sad like you guys say Danny what's up
2: danny uh what's up man uh well i'm just completely gutted honestly i'm i'm just <laughs> i'm just um i'm speechless at this point um this team has in in a few years under mr uh, Maori, uh Maori vergara has become the most mediocre, most laughable team in Liga MX, because at least Querétaro doesn't pass themselves off as a grande. They don't pass themselves off as something that they're not. They they say it like it is. Hey, we're just a team trying to make it by. They're not claiming to be the biggest team. They're not over here putting uh, stupid videos up on their YouTube, Twitter, and everything to make themselves look like something that they're not. And then... They're, they just don't put that face out, that video that they put out midweek, all talking about how they push beautiful soccer, this and that. This was probably one of the most boring games I've ever seen. I had my nephews over here, and I prefer talking to them about Fortnite than watching this game. That's how terrible it was. <laughs> I, I don't even play Fortnite, and my nephew is nine, and the other one's 11. I prefer talking to a nine- and 11-year-old than watching that game. It was that bad. The poor analysis that's going to be done by by Pelais once again to say, hey, you know, it's a win, a given penalty to us, just a terrible game, everything overall. I just think that Chivas has descended to the lowest of the low of Liga MX to become the joke of the league. And after today, I think it's just confirmed that Chivas is una burla. It's it's just, it's a joke. They're, they're no. a joke.
0: I tweeted this out at one point throughout the game that we even suck at losing, because <laughs> like the one time you expect you like Chivas when they try to play well, there was a, there was a game like uh, was the Leon game where there was one game where they started out decent and they were playing well and then they went and gave up the goal. Mm-hmm. So like when they try to play, I they lose, and now that they they play
2: bad, they win the game.
0: Yeah, like I say, um, it pretty much sums up uh, Buscetich's time at Chivas, man.
2: Yeah, and honestly, like, you, you could see just his terrible subs. Just the, the subs that he made were just complete, complete crap, man. Like, uh, you got to say it like it is. It's just terrible subs. Um, Cisneros was one that responded. Like, he does do well. But then again, you look at he, he's been doing well throughout the whole season. He's been the one player that was there since game one and was performing. Oh, my God, I got Alexis Vega, Canelo, and Antuna back. I think the smartest thing would be to bench the player that's been playing the best, huh? That's that's only logic that some some crazy anciano would think of, and that's what we have as our head coach, un anciano que ya está perdiendo la mente tanto that he actually thinks that these are good ideas. The tactical the tactical decisions he makes, the subs he makes, everything it's just all going downhill. And I think pretty much, I, I think Chivas is on on a on a on a no-stop trip to the bottom of the league. Um, I mean, it's, I, it's
0: it's hard to go to the bottom of the league in a league where it's it's a pretty average league. So, like, even with the win, I'm sure we're in a decent position to make the playoffs at the current time. But just the way they look, it's so boring. It doesn't it doesn't excite you to watch them play.
3: Can Can I add something? I don't know if you guys talked about this already, but that embarrassing video that they uploaded on YouTube, it's, like, coming off of that, you know, it's, like, what was that video even about? It, it was so embarrassing that they basically had like a little little fit and decided that that was a good idea to upload. And then they come and they they do this embarrassing display today. It's just like, what's going on? Like, who's who's making these decisions? It's like this guy, he's the, he's just he's just the the kid's owner, you know. It's just you can tell he has no idea what he's doing. I, I honestly think the responsible thing for him to do would just to. To sell the team, I know he's not going to do it because he promised his dad. But at this point, he's disrespecting the organization, and it's just really sad to see. He he honestly thinks
2: that the that the uh, fans are are stupid. I was telling Gabby uh, yesterday uh, when she was tweeting that I think she believes this too. That they literally believe that their fan base is full of idiots. They put out stories about how oh uh, we believe in in uh, in the youth. So guess what? We're not going to buy any players. Uh, guess what, Amouti? We're very much aware that you own a pyramid scheme. We know you don't have money. We know that's why you're not buying players. Okay, so come out there and say it. Like, have at least the decency to not treat your fan base like if they're idiots. Yeah, and, that, and that's a big part of it.
0: Is uh, like you said, like at least be honest about the, the situation with the club. And they're not honest. With, they're not honest with us. So, um, yeah, the video. The video made no sense. <laughs> we didn't get to really talk about the video, um. But damn, that was that was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing moment for Chiba. So I'm glad they deleted it. But I'm kind of I kind of wished they would have touched on it more as far as why it went out. They just deleted it and like ignored it. Like we never saw it happen.
3: Yo, legit.
1: That's like the one time I know we joke a lot about being embarrassed to be a Chiba fans. After I saw that video, I was legit embarrassed to be a Chiba fan.
3: I was I was looking up like uh tattoo removal sessions in New York.
4: I was like I gotta get rid of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> let
0: Daniel. Daniel, you are on. I think you're muted. You can unmute. What's up?
4: Oh, okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, okay. What's going on? What can I say? Um, I agree uh, with Cisneros' thing. Uh, he was performing so well at the beginning of the season and then the Seleccionados came and he was benched. I think this is a mistake, but I was so angry watching Saldivar in this game. I don't know if you guys shared the same feeling. It's embarrassing. The guy can't hold the ball. And yeah, he got the penalty, but uh, he scored, but at what cost, you know? Uh, I really think that uh, Busetich needs to play Vega as a false nine and play with Cisneros and and Brizuela on the wings, with Canelo Angulo and Fernando Beltran as, as eights with uh with Torres as a defensive midfielder i think that's the best uh the best um um tactical play that that Chivas can implement but you know he's totally in, incompetent at the job he needs uh how lo i say it in english he's so bad at, at the job that, that the point that is ridiculous now uh, every single fan base at Liga A are gonna accuse us of Chibar because yeah, the penalty is so polemic. Um maybe Necaxa 2, uh, to be honest, but the penalty is somehow um not uh, not that not that clear. So yeah, it's, it's a game that I wish we who we we need to lose, but we won somehow, and now Buse has two more weeks. It's ridiculous.
0: Now nah, there's a part of me that still thinks, hey, you got to see what you got it. Like, you got to sometimes you got to look past the result and see what happened on the field. And you got to look and see that he doesn't he does. He deserves to get fired. The, the players don't respond. I can't believe he, he subbed off Vega at the time he did. People can say that he hasn't been the same Vega he was with the national team but there's not many options you have and as far as like you can everyone can mention any lineup that they want to see you can say this is the best lineup it doesn't matter what the best lineup is cuz he'll never do it if he does he'll just change back the following week cuz he does that every single week it's just a brand new lineup he has no idea what he's doing
4: yeah you're <laughs> and right and, and also week. i want to say that majorga was amazing tonight amazing Go ahead, I, I
2: don't disagree with uh, with what you guys are saying. I completely agree. And, and I think you're making a, a valid point that, that no matter what lineup we're, we're putting out there, it's just going to end up being the same thing b- because there's no idea behind it. There's nothing going in in throughout the week that I believe that they're actually working on improving. I don't see any improvement anywhere. Um, the clear example I can think of now is um, right now that I see Calis in León, like León, From the first game that they played, I barely watch other League MX teams, but Leon's first game, they look like they're improving in in aspects that they needed to. They look like players know what their role is becoming and they're kind of figuring things out. And if we were to be a boring team and just say, hey, you know what, We're, we're a park the bus type of team. But guess what? We have Antuna. We have Vega. We have these deadly wingers. We have Chicote at left back who just completely just runs past defenses when we're on the counter. But that's not even our style. That We don't have a style. At this point, Russetich is kind of just putting things out there, seeing what piece kind of works. And if Pelay's um, decision is purely based off week-to-week decisions – then I think Amaldi needs to step in and become the man that his dad was and say, hey, guys, the, the fans aren't happy. I'm seeing these games too, and this is just – it's a it's it's just embarrassing. At least his dad had the – like, I don't know. He had a passion for Chivas. The balls. He the actually cared care. I don't want to say that, but – He had the ball. Yo, he would be in practice this whole week, like yelling at yeah. the players and the coaches. Yeah. For sure. And I I think that I I wouldn't even want to say, hey, the balls because some people just aren't that type of leader like Vergara was. Vergara, like, rest in peace. The guy was – he was a straight-up G. Like, he was one of those guys that kind of went in there. He was starting to pull ears. After I saw that documentary, like, he looked like a serious guy that would come in and say, dude, I'm paying you millions of dollars to do this. You're embarrassing, man. That's embarrassing. Maudie's over here watching – independent films at his house in who knows where and saying oh we play today like come on like i'm just i'm just done with that
4: i'm ju- yeah. i'm just going to i'm just let me say something uh everyone uh who is hearing this please pay the next canelo alvarez pay-per-view because we need to make that guy even more rich to buy the club thank you
0: <laughs> all right anybody else want to get on <laughs> Just request and I'll get you on. I was going to say something. I clearly forgot what we were talking about. Oh, shout out to Carlos. Because I think they mentioned this on the broadcast at one point. That this is very little. Like, you can't tell, like, what us plays, what their style is. I mean, Carlos will do a good job telling you the position and what their function should be. But, you don't. Know, it's been a year. It's been almost a year. And you can't tell that they've practiced anything at all. Let me add Jose back. Carlos, get on. Carlos, we have some questions for you. Jose, you on? Yeah, can you all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, sweet, cool. Um, I'll be honest.
5: I took a nap, like a twenty minute nap, once the <laughs> second second half started. Uh, that's how boring it was. Um, uh, but it's also because I don't know. This is like the first. I'll be honest. This is the first Chivas game I sat through this season, um, because of one reason or, not, or another. Um, uh, there's something that came up the El Maldi, uh situation. It kind of reminds me of um the club in um, Leicester where, you know, the owner passed away. And so there's always that feeling of like a a larger role of shoes or a larger pair of shoes to fill when, when the son takes over a club. I think that he hasn't really grasped that yet. Um, So I think part of it is is also like the psychological aspect of it, of like dealing with the death and there's no real timetable for that. Right. I think as fans, um, we would like for him to, to really step it up. Uh, but I I don't know. Um, I will say on a completely different note, the jersey is growing on me. Um, I like it. I, I thought it looked good today. I don't know. Maybe it was just the setting.
3: Uh, really? I,
5: I I enjoyed it. I I also thought it was a shit game for the setting that it was because for anybody who's played, I don't know, playing in this in the environment that they had where it was like it just finished raining, so there's still like a little bit of a cool slash humid breeze. Kind of it it doesn't make for the worst thing in the world. I thought that. The condition of the field was crap, so I don't know how much of that uh, really played into it, especially with the penalties. Like we we saw Nikaksa missed it, and that definitely had to do with the the actual field. And same thing with um with us at the end. Um, but I I don't know. I I also want to ask, like within the club, like are they just shitting the bed on purpose and hope that they get they get them fired, um, and then they just win the game by pure luck.
0: But uh, I mean, I, when you hear the when you hear the players speak throughout the week, um, it seems like they kind of like bullshit each or some of them at least do, or they take their own responsibility. So I'm not really sure. Carlos, what's up, Carlos? Can I just say, Carlos, the, the, from the moment the penalty was called, you almost got me. You guys almost got me excited on the broadcast. Like I was almost excited for the ending before I realized what it meant. Well, that's our job, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's literally our job. <laughs> I was like, Oh, you guys were from like I think you guys didn't stop screaming from like the hundredth. Whenever the penalty was called, you guys were screaming for like ten minutes straight.
6: <laughs> I mean that's a as a game is exciting. Obviously, you know, you guys feel it differently and and I, I know that not everybody's in the same you know, in the same train of thought here saying bye to the other cards who's screaming about it. Yeah. Yes. Um you know, it means it means different things for you guys, but obviously as a game the game is exciting, and, and the fact that you have a last-minute call and the way the call happened. And again, I, I, I heard what you guys said. They didn't give you anything. That was a penalty.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I I heard you on the on the broadcast, thinking that you could see him pulling. But it's a part of me that thinks he was trying to turn with the ball, like to face the goal nope. anyway. If,
6: the, if their arms are around you, that's a penalty. That's a foul. They're holding you.
0: It was a little weak. They shouldn't have given it to us. I think Macasa deserved the draw. Deserve
6: <laughs> but again, it's like they're If you're turning, because again, if the, if he doesn't hold him, Olivas takes a shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. He I'll tell you what, over or whatever, the one thing no one can complain about is that the goalie stepped over the line. <laughs> like that was and clear. that was like three feet over the yeah, line. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah, that was super clear, super clear. Um oh. so you think this saved Lucetic's job, right? That's what you guys thought.
6: I don't know. Again, there's there's two things and, and we said it before. If if they're ready to give an option to maybe Jaime Lozano or somebody else, they won't. But with the pandemic and the, and, and the choices they got and where you got to go and you also need to dissolve you know, this contract and pay that money, those things make it hard. Those things don't necessarily allow you to, you know, be comfortable and say, hey, you know what, let's, you know, let's get rid of this guy and, and start his clean slate. And the wing gives you a little, you know, a little cushion in the sense of, well, it's allowing me the fact that it seems like the team has some momentum because you at least see what happens the next week. And like we said on the broadcast, to well, us it doesn't because it's been, you know, it's been already a lot of weeks. It's been a lot of work and it doesn't seem like it doesn't show. It seems the same. It's the same team. They have the same problems. Um, they can't create, they can't open spaces. They can't get past the defenses. And that's not going to change, at least on our, on, on our heads. But at the same time, because they win and and you actually get points and the other in the other games there's some reality in the fact that they try to attack even though it's disorganized. I don't know how much patience there is there. And it also depends on who you're gonna get. If you don't have you don't have choices and if you have good choices, you're not gonna you're not gonna move on. But that 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 comes, you know, that's gonna be they're gonna see it in the week. They gotta sit down and talk about it. But if if they really want to move on from him, you already need to have something lined up that makes sense. Otherwise, it's you know, it's more of the same. You're you you still have time to save the season too. It's thirty points that you have in, in front of you. If you win five games out of the ones that are you know remaining, chances are that you're gonna be in rapid jacket. And if you win six or seven, you're definitely gonna be in the first eight. So there's gonna be a lot of you know, a lot of questions in, in that sense. Would I keep Busatic? I don't think so. But again, I will need to have somebody in front of me that will at least give me hope. Because there's no guarantees. You could get Jaime Lozano. Like, you could get Sinadin Sidan, And if he can't make this team click, it's not going to work.
0: No, I agree. And one of the names you hear is like Tur- Turco Mohamed. Like, that doesn't excite me. Like, that's not... To me, it's not much of a big... up. It's not much of an upgrade over Busatic, to be honest. Jaime Lozano, like, for at least he has... He just had the Olympic run with the national team. He knows some of the players that I can kind of get behind more than Turko Mohamed.
2: But that that comes down to the poor analysis that I think that we all expect uh, Felix to have. Because Carlos making a good point about um, a clear um, a clear replacement. But the thing is, I don't believe that a that a clear replacement can be brought up in, in the Chivas um, in the Chivas boardroom because I don't think that they actually do an analysis of what they're going to need. I really do think Felice just went out there and bought players and said, you know what? It's going to end up working out. He didn't think about how these players played. He didn't think about how these players are, all that stuff. And then worst thing is that he actually has a chance to then analyze the players he bought and a type of coach and a style that would fit these players, because these are the guys that he's bringing in and the guys that we already have. And he's still choosing to go with the same style of coach. If, if the Mohamed rumors were even true, then it's just more of the same. I think it, Lozano is the better option because he might bring something new to the table, but I just don't think that the that the analysis is even there. I, I don't even think that they're discussing anything in regards to that.
6: But, but to be fair, what team in the world really does that? I mean, even the big teams in the world, does Manchester City really need a Jack Grealish? They really don't. That was a position they had covered. And you know, teams go after names. And in this case when the, the Chivas the players that went to Chivas, might be not big names because now in Mexican soccer it's hard to get big names, but they're names. There are still players that are doing doing well. Like Angulo and Chicota were doing well. So, the fact that that's the case, there is an analysis. This this is the best that I can get. Now, are they going to play together? There's no way to know that. You could bring Cristiano to any team. Is Cristiano actually going to play well with the team? Maybe not. I mean, Juventus, he scored 100 goals, but then Juventus didn't seem good as a team. So, again, even even when we think that there's things that should be work a certain way, the reality is that even if I think that way, I don't have guarantees. So, me going out and getting, I don't know, I mean, Orbeling was already in Chivas, but Luis Romo, for example, who's doing really well, and Santi Muñoz, there's no guarantees they're actually going to be able to play together. So, it's hard to make that assessment because as long as much as you say, you know what, this place plays in this position, it will be good, this one plays in this position, maybe they get there and they don't like each other, and that's the end of it. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough to be in that position, too. I think uh-huh. agree with you on
4: that. Yeah, part. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Hold um,
0: on, let me just say something. I think I, I agree with that. I think the point, maybe Danny can correct me if I'm wrong was making that, is you do sign those type of players. You sign a Chicote, you sign an Angulo, but then you sign a coach who doesn't even play them in the positions they were playing at when you signed them.
2: Yeah, that's what I meant, and what I was kind of going towards was the fact that the name uh, Turco is being brought up, and you're kind of just going back to the, more of the same. Uh, the jump from Tena to Vuce wasn't a drastic switch that kind of tells you, okay, Pelais kind of has an idea. He has um, an idea in his head of what he wants this team to kind of produce because he signed these players, uh, yeah, because they were doing well, but also because he thought they would be able to perform here the way they were performing in another team. And then you bring in a guy like Buse after firing Tenna and this guy isn't playing them in those positions. He's not making them click. And it doesn't look like he's analyzing what he's actually doing or not doing, but he's just kind of seeing, oh, well, is he getting results? He's not even getting those. He's getting one every couple of weeks, and is that enough to really save a person's job? That seems very mediocre to me. I, I realize that this team, that this league overall isn't the greatest in the world, but I do think that in teams like America and Cruz Azul, the chopping, the chopping board is out at this point. And I don't think a win should be able to save this man's job because the work isn't being put in. The team doesn't play as a team.
4: Yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, science to analyze these players. I mean, if you look at Antuna, Pega, Angulo, Chicote, Mayorga, uh, what is the characteristic that they, that these guys have? If they are young and they and they are fast. So we need to look at as a uh, manager that. Can uh, that can make them click and and play like a, a fast-paced team. It's it's not it's not science. I mean, these guys have that have that characteristic. That's why I think Jaime Lozano could work. He made Antuna and Vega be- work in the Olympics. He can do it in the team. He knows how to play uh, youngsters. I I I, I don't, I'm not saying that we are going to be champions with him, but I I do think that. There's going to be improvement with him.
0: I will say, I will say, there is. Different I, have challenges. Question, I, say, different challenges I have a question though. I was gonna say there's different challenges as far though. as the, the players that he had at the national team. He doesn't have, like we said doesn't have a Luke Romo, won't have a Sebastian Cordova to help out Vega. Um, so there will be challenges, but I mean that's his job as a coach is to is to is to figure a way out.
6: But I have, a, I have again, it's not science. You know the kind of players you got. I have a question though. So. I am Chivas. I have the players that I have. Let's say I put a lineup. Um, I, let's go with what you guys like. Um, let's have Mayorga, two cent, two central defenders, whoever. And then if you want to switch Chapo on the right, then you can switch up on the right. Then in the middle, you only play with Lalo Torres. You leave Angulo. You leave Beltran. And then up top, you have Vega. You have Antuna. And then you, you need to play Saliver because you don't have another center, center forward, at least right now. The team I'm playing against. Decides to put a low block and puts nine players in the box. How do you break down that, that with a fast? Hit?
4: No, you uh, can. Well,
2: you can. Well, Carlos, don't don't these things get worked on during the week? Uh, from my understanding, like I, I never, I never got into professional soccer. Like I, I'm not that good, but from what I know, coaches have these training training sessions to try and figure out ways to to deal with these situations. It's not just about speed. I agree with you. But what I don't see in Chivas is a coach that's working on on these things that you constantly see. We're about a year into this process, and we still see the teams do keep doing this. They have a low block against Chivas, and Musetti is still like I've heard people who who see the training. He just trains on defensive things, and then he kind of just tells his guys, "Hey guys, do your thing up top." Is that enough? Is that something that you should be doing as a top class coach?
6: No, no, no. But we're talking about different things because that's different. I, I from the from the beginning, I said I don't I don't think the is bringing the best out of the players. That's also on the coach. I'm talking about this is the this is a characteristics. Like you can't because your teams also know who you are, and they're, also, they're all their t- coaches are also looking at you. And even then, le- I might look at for example, I look my, I might look at the Caxa Last week they played with a line of five, which is what they used today. But before they used four, and then there's other times that they those moments but i don't know when the other coach is going to do it i mean there's a lot of variables that happen during the game if i knew exactly how a team was going to play i will always beat him and that's not the case and it doesn't happen on soccer in general so i'm going to work on the things that are going to make my team best but for example if i know i can liberate alexis vega behind a a defender but then they bring two defenders to it it's like okay that's a new challenge how do i how do i change to that challenge and the problem is that that, become, that becomes a little bit of the science. It's not really complicated, but at the end there's also another thing that it's execution. I might have Vega on the position where I think he can do it, but this particular game he's not clicking for whatever reason. So then what do I do? Do I leave him because he, you know, he's my best player? Do I bench him? Do I switch him on the side? What if I switch him to the other side and he doesn't? I mean, you're, you're treating humans. This is, not, this is not, again, this is not science. It's not like, well, I'm going to try this experiment. It's going to work. I have a human in front of me that might be going from a rough patch or might not have the legs dip today that he had two days ago because maybe in training he got a little tweak and he didn't want to talk about it because players do that too. And, and, it's, and it's tough. And again, I am not saying that Bucetich does the right things. But again, it's not as easy as saying like, oh, I have these players. If I play like this, I'm obviously going to win because that's also not the case.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I agree.
6: But, but
4: uh, I'm also saying that uh, again, if, uh, if you are playing against a low-block team, uh, of course, you have to rely on Alexis Vega because he's the most creative one. But that's also the case that uh, I think some, uh, some, someone was saying that Pilai just bought players and, okay, this is the team and we don't see how car- uh, the characteristics of the players because that, that's exactly, since Pizarro left, we don't have a player with that characteristic. Pizarro was huge to get the, to get the tile. Uh, back in two thousand seventeen, we don't have we don't have that kind of player anymore. Also, Orbelin played at played at Bar. We don't have that that type of player. So we we have a fast-paced team that could be very good at the counter. But again, in the, with global things, we we don't have we don't have what it takes. And what what uh Mauri and Pelais are saying to us: trust the process. They are treating us like we are fucking Arsenal. Okay, so,
0: relax, relax, in Arsenal. Wow, wow, We're in no Arsenal. Relax.
4: <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. So I'm just, I'm just not. Sorry.
0: Uh, I will say, you know, you know, you know what we do to stop the low block? We make a we make a YouTube video and ask teams to stop partying. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I don't know. That, that's I, embarrassing. I
2: honestly, <laughs> I can't believe that they right, actually asked teams to stop it.
5: that. <laughs> I, I gotta say, you know, maybe it's the, because I'm a teacher. Uh, I, i'm a high school teacher but it, part of it i mean i keep hearing it's not science it's not science part of it is science right i mean you're doing a lot of experimental things to see how it works and you should be analyzing right i mean this is not chemistry but there is some some form of science that is part of it and i think that because we're we're saying that it's not science i think that's the whole vooch problem right he's not looking at it through through that scientific lens as well because you have to do that if you I think part part of the reason they don't analyze is they don't like to admit the mistakes that they've done. They just look at the final result. Um, but I also think that the next coach that comes in, right, I, I don't know if Jaime would even accept the position because it, looking at the track record that a lot of the coaches have right now, like, it's either as you make it or you or you kind of fade out, um, which is a very scary predicament as a professional coach to have, right? It's where do you go from here? Um You know, there were talks about how Jaime should just go to MLS if he wants to better his career. And I think part of it is not wrong. Right. It's a growing leak, But um, I think that the science part of the game is still very much something that needs to be paid attention to from the from the coaching perspective. And the fact that they're not looking at it through analyzing and they're not thinking or, you know, kind of playing into the science part. That's a big role that we're missing.
6: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've talked about it. I think I talked about it on the Shiva's The Norte podcast a couple of times. I coached, I coached even, it was U17s, but I coached soccer for 12 years. So it's, it's hard. Again, it's hard. And I did analyze. I look at my players. I talk to my players because the first thing that any team has to do is has, they have to believe in what you're saying. Because at the end of the day, you're the captain of that ship. And if you say we're going to play with three in the back, I need to convince them first why am I doing that? And that might be wrong with Bucetich. Bucetich might not be able to convince them. But then also, I set up a game. The other team sets up their game. I more or less know what they're coming with. We go face that game. During the game, something happens. I need to adjust. My adjustments didn't always work. Like, I didn't win every game I ever coached. And And again... There, I did my I did my homework and I was doing the science part of it of, of checking how the kids were and checking how you know their their levels on how many how many miles they run a week that that part became of it and then when I was choosing the team I made sure that I was like well you know what I see these two kids have a good synergy let me put them together let me make sure that the associations that I have in the middle are between these three four players you do look at those things but at the end of the day I go to the game and then all of a sudden it doesn't work and you're like crap so what can I do different and sometimes he just didn't. I, I had teams that were amazing and we went undefeated for 20 games in a row. And they have another one that I lost. You know, I only won two games in the whole season. So, it's, it's re- again, there, the science part of it is usually taken care of by a lot of people who are not necessarily involved directly the day of the game when you're coaching. And the coaching part, sometimes it just comes down as like, you know what, I don't like this guy. This guy sucks. As a player, they tell you that. And you, you're done. There's nothing you can do, especially in professional soccer, when it's literally your money and the future of your families on the line, it's a lot different. So,
0: yeah, I think we lost Carlos there.
6: There's better coaches that are better looking at things. Better.
0: Carlos I think we lost like the last minute of what you said <laughs> yeah
4: but I, I think we got the point and I, and I and I agree with Carlos uh I I when I say that it's not science is that uh, what I was referring is that um Bucetich want to implement his his style but it it's not a style that this team needs when when I said when I said it, when I said that that this is not science because I look at the players and I said, okay, these guys are fast. These guys can play good at the counter. Why don't we play like this? It's true when Carlos said, okay, what, what, what can this team do when when we are playing a low block team? And I, and this is and this is true. We don't have players that can uh, that can do this magic to break the low block team and and score and score against it. I mean, we can see it all the time in in Europe in European big teams. That are very fast, are very good. An example is Manchester United at the last season. They were fantastic on the counter, but when low, with, with low block things, they can do it. And I think Chivas has some, uh, well, if they, if they, if that style that I'm saying, um, they implemented, they will have the same issue. But that's, uh, part of a huge problem of recruitment, um, uh, with, uh, with Pelais. I don't
2: think we should be playing for a counter-attacking style. I, I, don't, I don't believe that Chivas is built for that. What I do believe is that we do have players for that. So uh, if, if it was to be a thing, well, you know what, it, it happens. But the problem is that's not even the style that we're going for. The style that we're going for is a possession-based side. We're, we're ranked almost at the top of the of the possession sides. And, and we just keep coming up against the same thing, which is low blocks. And I think Carlos made a point of like, what do you do against these things? Well, I don't know what to do, but I do think that you mean coach, you work on it. Yeah. Our coach should know what to do. That's yeah, exactly that work on.
4: We yeah, keep exactly.
2: coming up against this. It's not like we played one team and that was it. That was the only low block we're going to face. I do believe that Pep, someone like Pep, yeah, it's on a different level, but I think Pep is very much aware that his team is going to have the most possession Every game he plays against most of the teams in the Premier League. Do you think he's working on, let me work on defending against these teams? No, he's probably working on what to do to break these low blocks because it's what's going to happen. I understand if you set up a defensive style against a team like America, against a team like. Monterrey, who's going to put up Jansen and Funes Mori. you got to put a defensive side to win in numbers at the back. Hey, I understand that, Vucetich, but the thing is, you're going up against Juarez. You're going up against Puebla, already expecting to get scored
4: on, and you're putting five at the back while they're setting up low blocks. What are you doing but handicapping yourself there? Mike, Mike, you know what the the funny thing about what you say is? We play with a back of five against Puebla, and we won. (laughs) That's funny if you remember no
0: and look i wouldn't even respect monterrey enough to be defensive like when we play them they're not all that but so like you said what do you do against these low block teams you practice it you got to understand that these teams are going to play this way so you got to find an answer to it whether you're talking about pep whether you're talking about barcelona um, they know they're going to have possession and they know they're going to run into these problems so they work on how to how to solve these problems and if you want to say well those are the elite of the elite cool but what about Bielsa? Bielsa is able to figure it out. Exactly. He's able to take players that you probably never even heard of and he figures it out.
2: Exactly. Um,
0: so I think I think it's and we have these players, right? We have a Vega. We have Angulo, Antuna, who's in Europe. And these players that we might think that we would love for them to go to Europe. We would love for them to play really well over a year and go to Europe. So we demand we demand like a, we, de- we demand them to play at a certain level. But why don't we start demanding more from our coaches? And making, them, and making them start, like, why do they have to go to Europe to get that type of coaching? Why do they have to go to Europe to play that type of way? No. Why don't we demand that from our coaches? And sure, like Carlos says, I think, I think it's, hard, it, it, it's hard at a certain level where um, these players almost have, like, bad habits, per se. But I think if you're a good coach and, and you can convince them, you can, you can get it out of them.
2: Get Rigo um, in here. I yeah. want to hear his good opinions. I want to hear how he complains about Luce
4: too. I know he hates them even more than me.
0: Let me invite him on.
4: And um, yeah, take care of uh, everyone. I'm out, okay. Um, yeah, we got we- okay. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, the last coach that he was outside the box was Almeida. We need another, I know, I'm not saying bring Almeida back because that's that's so, uh, that's your opinion, but I'm saying is. Don't bring the same coaches that are in every single Liga MX team. Mohamed, Busetich, Cardoso, Tena. Boy are the same guys that are always traveling with other teams that are in Liga MX. Bring someone new, uh, uh, South, South American style, European style. I don't care. Just bring something different.
0: I get a headache listening to those names. So don't the owners get headaches? Yeah, I have. What's up, Carlos? Carlos, yeah, Carlos fixes you. Wi-Fi. I can hear you.
6: Um, same. It's like that's a, all. All that sounds great, but then it becomes if I go scout a South American coach that doesn't have a lot of experience, because the ones that have experience, because they know too. It's like, so I want three million dollars. Like, can't give you that money. Okay, so I'm not going. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so next option, and it, and that's part of the business too, because. With Almeida, and again, don't even dream of Almeida. Almeida is not moving from here. Uh, remember, I'm in San Jose, so if you need to know anything from Almeida, that like, how, me. How, how
0: close are you to him? Can you convince them? Can you walk over to his house? I,
6: I've talked to him about it, and if he dis- he didn't accept the amount of money that Cruz Azul was dumping on him to coach Cruz Azul last season, he's not going to do it with you guys. Because... Chivas was nowhere close to ever ever paying. He him loves us, alright? W- <laughs>
2: Just call us broke already, you know?
6: <laughs> exactly. So it's tough. Again, it's like
0: No, Carlos called us broke like on the podcast like
6: a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> true. But it's true. I mean, that's another thing. Like it's 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 hard when I even when I when I look at, at things of why they you know, we're talking about like things as simple as a video. It's hard to think of you know they're hiring somebody in the U.S. because they might they might they pay peanuts to these people and they won't be able to be at that level. They'll they'll be you know giving you almost nothing and it's hard. They some not, a lot of people know what to do, but sometimes you don't have the the assets to do it. It's it's also a lie to think that you know teams in Mexico make tons and tons and tons of money and they don't. They make enough money to sustain the team and to make it be profitable, but it's the margins are not you know close to anything spectacular and when you look even in Europe like just look at what's happened to Barcelona and Real Madrid and those teams are the two teams that make the most money in the world so it's it's that part of the financials is really hard to you know put up with so they can try to me the the easiest answer that it could be you know it's a make or break and it doesn't work and just get somebody of your coaches that you have on the U20s and the U17s give them the opportunity they know the club They've been there. They also know their U20s. You don't have to pay them a ton of money and work from there. To me, that's that's is the most obvious answer. That's bringing somebody with a you know high profile from the outside because again, nothing gives you guarantees. You could you could put together Los Galacticos like Real Madrid did, and Real Madrid didn't win anything. So it's it's hard. Like again, there's no guarantee. To me, it's like the only thing you always need to think is like there. I don't have a guarantee that if I do this. I'm gonna do it. The only thing that you will feel better as fans, and I agree that the, you know the team doesn't do it for you, is that they have to be transparent. Like this is what we're trying. This is what's not working, and we're gonna to try to do something better. Why? Even if they say I don't know why it's gonna be, but we're gonna we're gonna try. It's different from like no, you gotta trust us. We're doing things right because I think to me that's the biggest problem.
0: I think I think that one of the hard part as fans is that, like you say, uh, is that a lot of us saw these results coming. Like we're not surprised by by Tena failing. We're not surprised by Boy failing. We're not surprised by Busatich failing. Like, we all saw it coming. Rigo, what's up, Rigo? Yeah,
1: Rigo, you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, Yeah, okay. Hey, what's up, you guys? I just uh, wanted to say that I think Carlos brings up a good point with the financial aspect of it, but I don't think that's as much of an excuse because Busatic is one of the top paid managers in the league. So it's not like he was a cheap option and his contract ran out in June and they decided to renew it. So it's not so much a problem of financial, the financial situation. It's about the decision-making and the analysis that people like Peláez do. So we have Peláez, we have Varela, we have Marcelo Micheleano making decisions But it seems like their analysis is very, uh, it's very poor because they don't look beyond the results. So even when Peláez came out and was defending his decision to renew Bucetich, he came out with saying, hey, um, Bucetich has over 50% effectiveness and that's better than Boy, Cardoso, uh, Tena and the latter part stages of Almeida's reign. So he was really manipulative with the numbers. And that's supposedly what he wanted to sell, is this effectiveness. But the thing is, like you said, every fan knew that Bucetich... Like, some of us were saying Busetich wasn't the man before he was signed. And almost everybody was saying Busetich wasn't the man this summer. But somehow, they convinced themselves to sign him again. And here we have it. Um, everybody saw this coming. Uh, we don't play. We don't know how to break teams down, and the solution for me would be to find. Maybe not immediately. Maybe immediately, I would find somebody within the the club, like Beachus, that coaches U twenty. Maybe give him a chance uh, because we've seen him work with a lot of youngsters, and again, it's at a it's a it's at a lower level. But he, at least, you could see some offensive uh, proposals like uh, movements that the players are making. That it's like clockwork. You know what I mean? But we don't see any of that with Gucetich. So, yeah. And then after that, make a deep analysis. Uh, find a manager that knows what it's like to have the ball and to try to break teams down. Now, you can win or lose a game, but las formas sí si importan, like they said yesterday in the in the video, right? Las formas important. If you can tell that a team <laughs> is trying to break a team down, trying to break a, a low block down by certain mechanisms and certain drills that you can see they're doing in practice, then yeah. Okay. You can win or lose, but las formas is what matters for me.
2: And I, I think that's one of the most important things the, that you bring up. Uh, the, The analysis, like uh, I know people think that it's just like, oh, I mean, uh, the numbers they're looking at. That's what he brought up first. And now the numbers aren't matching up to what he's saying. It's kind of it's going against exactly what he was trying to put forward. And now nothing with the team is working. So why is there no analysis deeper than what's the what's next next week's result? From there, we'll make our decision. That shouldn't be the case.
0: No, definitely, I I agree with both of you guys. Um, would you guys say? Would you guys? Say, the problem is, I think if we keep hiring these same coaches, is that we'll always we'll always be mediocre. Uh, in my mind, I think the the fix for Chivas to be a top team would have to be a long fix. I think the academy needs to be changed from the bottom all the way up. Um, I think if we don't change the academy, I think we'll always be a mediocre club. Uh, you have to start changing. From the from the I don't know what at what age groups they start, but from the U nines, the U tens, you have to start implementing, um, these European styles, these South American styles. It's that way in the long run. Once they do reach the first team, they're they're mentally they're mentally they play different than every, any other team would play in the league. I agree. So to me, I think the answer is the, is that an academy. Level?
1: I agree, but there's also a lot of talent. Like there's a lot of talent in the youth right now in our academy. So it's about in the first team it's about knowing how to use them in the first team like for example organista he's 21 already and he has less than 10 games in first division that is unacceptable for a project that tries to pride itself in promoting youth <laughs> that's unacceptable how is it possible that a talent like organista ha- can't get minutes <laughs> it's ridiculous and like i'm not saying i'm a good i know about football people know a lot more than i do but even i Threw the name of Ariel Jolan around, even I threw it around, and now we see him at Leon, and he—they're going to play against America for the top spot today. So it's not that hard to look abroad and try to find an option that matches Chivas' style.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, like you said, the money—I think the money excuse is, the, is a poor excuse because I think if—if if, if say that money is an issue, then you have to. You have to go even harder at finding a cheap, a cheaper option. There's an option somewhere in the world that that would love to coach Chivas. Uh, there's got to be a coach somewhere that would love a first division opportunity. Maybe the coach is in the second division, but that's your job as an organization to find that, that coach.
2: Yeah, and I, I think uh, someone brought up that uh, – I think Carlos brought up that a lot of these coaches in South America are going to come and ask for $3 million. That seems very excessive for uh, – for a league that usually makes a lot less than the Mexican league, I think that a lot of coaches in Argentina would be making more than in, in Mexico, especially in a team like Chivas, than they would be making in any team in Argentina. And I think, uh, just like Rigo brought up, uh, Olan, that name should have been thrown out there from, from the moment he wasn't at a club already. That guy, is, he has some new ideas, he has innovative ideas. And I know he makes less than Musa Beach Musa. These is one of the top paid coaches. How are we talking about that there's a money issue and the, there's this much issues with bringing in players and you're paying your coach that much money and in bringing in another coach, you're trying to look for cheaper options. Yet the coach you have is one of the most expensive options. Th- that just doesn't make sense. There's nothing that makes sense to Chivas right now.
4: Uh, the, uh, probably the response of that is the indemnization. If they uh, break Bucetich contract, it's probably what they don't want to pay. Um but apart of that, I agree. Uh, there's, go- there has to be cheapest options.
0: Yeah, and then the whole paying Vucetich, they just they could have gotten out of that just
4: two months ago, and just not renewed his contract. Yeah, exactly. The contract was already was already finished. It, but these guys uh, renew it. I, I, I don't understand.
1: No, yeah, I agree. Um, any last she words? It wastes I- a lot of money. She <laughs> was a, a lot team. of money. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, no, it's not it, like it's what? just allocating that money better.
3: Yeah,
6: which is the most problem with most teams. Most teams don't allocate their money properly. Some teams have better success than others. Uh, sometimes they wasted, like Ruzazu wasted money for twenty years before they won the championship. So now you don't talk about, like, you don't talk about it because they just recently, you know, got got that. And with a coach that was cheaper than the two options they were looking at. But the, the thing is, that when, I, when I said that, is that the teams know who they're talking to. So Ariel accepted that offer because he was probably, you know what, I don't have other offers. I'm going to come get an offer from a team like Leon, which is a very good you know, project. I'm going to take it. But when he, America comes and when Chivas comes and Cruz Azul comes and they know what those teams mean and what those teams mean in Mexico and how much the Mexican league pays, they give you premiums. They ask for premiums. That's the problem. Even though Joran might have access, might have actually accepted something cheaper with Leon. That wouldn't be the case if he had been America. Or but Chivas. Chivas. They know what they're talking.
1: But Chivas was paying Almeida like eight hundred thousand a year, and now they're paying one point eight to Busetich. And these are numbers that are thrown around, so it's not confirmed. But you know, that's what that's the information that we have at hand. So with that information it doesn't really make much sense because you can't, there are options, right? That's that's our point is that there are options and you could be allocating that money better. And But the thing is, like you said, they know who they're talking to, right? But Chihuahua's don't know who they're talking to. They don't know the market. They don't know. They just know the local market. They close themselves off to the local market.
4: Yeah, totally right. Um, also, we are talking just about Got money uh, in coaches, but who is the highest paid player in the squad? It's Oribe, and the guy don't play.
0: <laughs> I forget about that. To be honest, that's embarrassing.
4: That we yeah, it's I mean, that, one is embarrassing that we even signed them to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the beginning, and now he's the highest paid player. So that makes it even harder to bring players to the to the team because they are saying they're thinking, okay. That's the highest-paid player. That's Oribe Peralta, the guy that that can play. I want the same salary or even better or even better. So that's a wage structure that we need to that the, that the the Pelais, Amauri, and the guys that are that are making decisions needs to care about. Nah, yeah,
6: but there, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of, of problems also on not so much on the salary part. But also on what the teams ask you for the players, which is not only for, especially a problem for Chivas that only can only hire Mexican players. But that's the reason why there's not a lot of players in Europe, because they ask when you go and ask, I want to hire this guy, and they tell you it's worth three, four, five million dollars. You're like, I'm not gonna pay that. And it's the same thing that you know European teams are saying. That's why Cordoba didn't go to Betis because they said it's worth 10, and they're like, Nah, I'm not paying 10. And if Cordova wanted, I mean, I I know Cordova is in America, but let's say you have very like Cordova, or let's say Charlie Rodriguez, you have Charlie Rodriguez in Monterrey, you want to bring him to 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 Chivas, and all of a sudden he's worth eight ten million dollars, you're not gonna pay that. That's to me that's the biggest problem on on those things. Once then the, the salary the salary things, another thing, but there's a big gap at least on the salary that Chivas players make compared to like team like. The salary that people make in Tigres or in Monterrey or America like they make almost double triple what the numbers of Chivas', is.
0: yeah, yeah, no, I agree. All right, we have to wrap this up because I have a party to go to <laughs> I, I I missed going to a party for the Chivas game, and I regret it now. <laughs> All right, any final words? No, and with that, signing off.
1: All right, peace out, you guys.
0: later y'all. go. Eh! <laughs>